buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right, what is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. Today, I've got Leslie Vanetz, who is currently the director, uh, new member expansion for a British research and advisory firm. She's also the founder of Sales Team Builder. Leslie consults with businesses to create sales playbooks and training that leave the traditional hustle culture behind instead of focusing on putting the customer First, uh, Leslie recently published the Unleash Your Potential, a B2B sales playbook, and is also an avid content creator on TikTok as Sales Tips Talk. Uh, in her free time, you can find Leslie on a Soul Cycle bike, reading, enjoying live theater and music, or back in her home state of Montana, reconnecting with nature. Leslie, welcome to Sales Hustle. How are you doing? Great, Colin. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, excited. We've got some topics here. We're going to talk about something that is pretty recent and relevant for you. Why sell me this pin is a lazy interview question. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how to handle bad advice from sales leadership. I know I've gotten plenty of bad sales advice, uh, especially early on when I first started in sales and I didn't even know it was bad advice. So I'm yeah. sure there's tons of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're for just getting started in sales, you're just happy to get any advice. You're like, oh, sure. Okay. I'll do that. Um, I remember I even was one of those people that would just like listen in on the sales floor and just start saying things that other people were saying because I didn't know what else to say. Um, and then there was somebody who came along and was like, Hey, you probably shouldn't say that. And I'm like, why? It really feels like it's working. And he said, because it's not true. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, okay. That's, oh, just that. <laughs> like, but then I went for a second. I was like, yeah, but it's working. <laughs> You know, because um, there's so much pressure to perform when you first start getting in sales. Like, you know, you probably make some compromises you wouldn't normally. But anyway, before we get started here, just tell the sales hustlers the short version of your sales story. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm especially excited about this conversation because I talk a lot about hustle culture. You and your sale hustle community yeah. talk a lot about hustle culture. And we kind of come at it from different 
perspectives. Maybe. 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 Slightly we, different. I think maybe we, we define it differently. I think we have the same philosophy behind it. So I'm We're going to ex- find out today. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to talk through it. Uh, my background. So I stumbled into sales like so many of us do. I decided I loved it, um, made a ton of mistakes, um, but also have had some huge wins, which is kind of what sales is all about. Uh, yeah. The adrenaline rush of figuring it out, getting those big clients, getting those big deals. And, you know, as I left my 20s and, and went into my 30s, I really started thinking about sales as not just a job, as a profession. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what I work on now is like, how can I support a more inclusive sales community? What can I be doing or, or how can I be working with others to just send a message of like sales as a respected profession? Um, so that's what I'm doing all over sales tips. I can feel your passion when you say that. (laughs) Yeah, it's important. I think it's important work and it's something I'm like really proud of. So it's easy to get excited about. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's still relevant today and, and, and less so in a lot of cases, but there's a lot of people that were like ashamed to like uh, be in sales, right? Like, you know, they don't want to tell their friends they're in sales or you're out and you're like, they, you know, kind of mumble that they're in sales or they dress up their title to be something really fancy. So it's hiding the fact that they're in sales. And, you know, it's because I think of a lot of this bad advice from sales leadership that sales has gotten a bit of a bad rap in a lot of cases. What are yeah. your thoughts? I think that's spot on. I mean, even look at my title, I go by new member expansion, not mm. sales director. And at the end of the day, I'm a sales director. So I, I mean, I think something that you said right at the top of the interview was sometimes maybe when we're starting out in sales, we make compromises yeah. that don't align with our core values that we maybe mm. wouldn't make if, if it wasn't a profession where there was so much pressure where you every single day had to fight for, for your job. Um, so I think part of it is that sales really lacks the psychological safety that a lot of other professions have. And to your point, we also get a boatload of bad advice. Um, in my career, I found that there seems to be a talk track that there is a way to sell. And it took me so many years to figure out that that's just nonsense. Like it's, it's absolute BS. There are so many different ways to sell. Um, and what makes a great salesperson is somebody that can like follow their intuition, that can create mm. their unique voice and then use that within kind of sales best practices to get the job done. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And there's so many... I mean, I know when I started, it was like, hey, here's the script. This is what we say. Yep. And if you went off script, it was like, what the hell are you doing? That's not I was a, that that's manager. Not, yeah. Yeah. That's not part of the script. What are you doing? Right? And taking away like the creativity and, and the autonomy of, of, of a person in their role can create a lot of stress and pressure and you become less confident I mean, there's so much damage, I think, that gets created in that sort of culture that people are not even aware of. Yeah. And and it's not even... I, I wouldn't even blame the manager. I'm not going to call him a sales leader. I'm going to call him a manager. That I, I don't even know if I blame them because they're just doing the best they can with whatever they've been taught. 
Absolutely. I mean, when I was a brand new sales manager with no training, I just went from top performer to manager, which I know is a very common story. I did what I saw other people doing. Mm -hmm. I tested things that didn't work. I tested things that, you know, did work to kind of find my path. But, uh, you know, I think often the, the process for new sales managers is just test things out and hope they work. Um, so I, yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. And I, you know, I was sharing a story with you before we hit record, um, that, you know, when I was new in sales, I was just happy that like the, the experienced people knew my name. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I was willing to take advice from, from everybody because they had done it. They had been successful. I, I felt like there was something I could learn from everybody. I think to an extent that's true. Uh, but I was sharing a story that when I was, you know, maybe 25, 26, so a brand new manager, I went to my boss's boss and said, Hey, I, you know, I'd love to hear your advice on, on how you think I can continue to grow in this company or how I can be a better leader in this company. And his advice was that I was too loud and it was a bit off putting. And at Mm -hmm. the time, 25 year old, I was, you know, new to Chicago from Montana. I was like, okay, okay, I guess I'll, I'll work on that. And now, you know, a decade later, I've realized that that energy and that passion is part of what like my sales superpower is. Yeah. And it might not be a good fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay, right? But if if you're getting advice in your sales hustlers, listen to this because if you're getting advice from your sales manager, or as Andy Paul likes to say, your sales boss. Yeah, right? I love Andy Paul. <laughs> um, then that's that's telling you to not be who you are. Then get your resume sharpened up because you are never going to perform at your highest level or be the best version of yourself to serve your clients if you can't be yourself, right? Yeah. And if that's loud and, and, and boisterous and passionate, that's fine. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that that is going to align with, that that is who they want to work with. And now there's some basics like you need to be able to, you know, have a sales process and run a discovery and ask good questions and all of those other things. But you should be able to, you know, be curious enough and, and authentic enough to, to be yourself in whatever that process looks like. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so interesting, Colin, because everything that you just outlined, having a sales process, being able to overcome objections, for the most part, those are teachable. Yes. Those are our core sales fundamentals that we can train and coach on. What we can't train and coach on is curiosity, is passion, is leading with authenticity. So I think often the bad advice that people get is that their soft skills, which are are truly what make them remarkable and unique, are too much. Um, And I just don't buy it. Mm. And now you can nurture those skills, right? Like you can provide an environment or a workplace that 
allows people to 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 utilize those. But if you're giving the sort of advice like you got, where you're too loud, Leslie, and 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 you're not allowing those people to be themselves, they're not going to be very confident. They're going to be questioning themselves. There's going to be so much self negative talk and doubt that they're going to suck at their role. It's so true. Sales requires so much intuition. And that type of sales boss or sales management forces people to doubt their core intuition. Like they're, they're really at conflict with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me, I got to ask this question because <laughs> there's been, I don't know, you might've broke the internet with this, but, or you're <laughs> on your way to breaking the internet. Why sell me this pen as a lazy interview question. Oh, and my maybe word. for those who don't uh, who don't follow sales tips talk, um, give them a little context, and then let's let's dive into that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. And also, just kudos to you for walking through sales tips talk better on paper than when I started saying it out loud. But it's too late. I'm committed. <laughs> um, so I was in a clubhouse room in March. Okay. sales room. And I heard one of the panelists um, and all of the panelists were like middle-aged white men. I heard one of the panelists say that, oh, sell me the pen, just gold standard. Such a great question. And all of the other panelists chimed in and, oh yeah, that's, that's it. I was floored. I was absolutely floored. And it like really shocked me that not a single person in that room had taken the time to think about the message behind the question. Mm -hmm. So I made a TikTok about it, a very, very simple TikTok that just said, I think it's a lazy question. We can do better. Like, who are you trying to hire? The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. On Tuesday, the actual Wolf of Wall Street did a reply video. Like Jordan Belfort, the actual Wolf of Wall Street did a reply video. So it's been... I mean, surprising. I'm a small creator. He's a huge creator and a celebrity. How did he find my video? Why did my opinion upset him so much that he decided to make a reply video? Uh, but also a really exciting process because I've had a chance in the comments on, on LinkedIn and on TikTok to work through with a lot of people why it is a lazy question. So it's it's been an exciting week. Yeah. Okay. So so give it to us. What? Yeah. What have you learned in this journey of upsetting the Wolf of Wall Street himself? Oh, oh no. Will I ever survive? <laughs> I think that it is inappropriate to continue using a question 30 years after it was, you know, sort of originally used that so closely harkens back to that old school sales bro culture that's so closely yeah. tied to sexism and this context that is explicitly tied to sales as a profession where the way to get ahead is to lie, to cheat, to steal, to manipulate. The question itself isn't a bad question. When there are so many other ways that you can uncover a person's ability to, to understand value or, or to understand their sales philosophy, why is a question like sell me the pen still being touted as a gold standard question in today's sales cultures? Mm. Yeah, it, it it's, it's definitely makes you think a bit because there might be some sales houses listening that are still using this question in their interview process, or maybe some individual contributors that 
have had to try to sell somebody on a pin. Yeah. Right. And it does give into that culture that you mentioned, that old school sales mentality that people will still till they, you know, make it to their grave, agree that is the best way to sell, which is to, you know, lie, manipulate and persuade for your own personal benefit. Right. Which is all of the things that have given sales a bad name. Right. And the, 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 the interesting thing about it is like, let's see, I don't even know if you need a pen. Right. Maybe you need a pencil. I don't know. I could ask you a ton of questions to determine if like, so I think when people ask that question, they're really wanting them to like do their best to persuade you that this is the best pen, right? Where it's like now this kind of new, newer generation of sales and, and, you know, people that are, you know, kind of spreading the, the good word of sales now these days would like be like, I don't know if you need a pen. Like maybe you need a pencil. Maybe you need some fancy digital version of a pen, right? Like, I don't know. I need to ask you a bunch of questions and understand what you're trying to solve here before I decide if I even want to sell you this pen. Maybe I'm not the best fit for you. And it's just a total different lens of sales than what a lot of people are, you know, were, were brought up or, 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 or come from or have been taught in the past. Spot on. It's, it's the, the transformation from seller centric sales techniques to buyer centric right. sales techniques. I'm not going to sell you the pen. I'm going to understand whether or not you need the pen in the first place. And if that's what we're trying to uncover is the, the interviewee's ability to distinguish between seller centric versus buyer centric, there are a million other questions we can ask that don't send the message that we have a culture that is okay with lying, that we have an, a culture that's okay with excluding women, that we have a, you know, a culture that idolizes a known criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I like that you said though, because when we were first hopped on here, I was like, eh, is, it, is it a dumb question? Is it a bad question? And you're like, no, it's not. It's a lazy question. Right. And I like that you said, it's not a bad question. It's a lazy question. And, and because I mean, the type of seller that I would be looking for could answer that question in a very different way. But the standard or the tone of that question is give it your best shot of telling me why this is the best freaking pen ever that I should buy. Right. And that's where, how most people are going to proceed to answer that because they think that's what you want. Yep. Yeah. I think we're just better than that. Can't like sales hustlers. Can't we just be better than that? Yeah. So, if somebody asks you to sell them a pen, I challenge you to ask them for a not such a lazy question. Ooh, <laughs> I love that challenge. Ooh, I hope people report back on that. Try that out and let us or know how take it goes. It, or, or even just take a different stance. Like, hey, I, I don't know if you need a pen. Like, what what are you like, trying to accomplish? Are you in the don't market to, for a pen? <laughs> yeah, don't try to sell them a pen. Be curious to find out if they even need the damn pen. Exactly. And their curiosity that's coming back. And I think that's such a thread of what makes a great salesperson here in 2021. Are you leading with curiosity? Yeah. And so I know that part of what you do is like building sales playbooks and things like that, right? So persuading people to buy the pen is probably not in any playbook that you've ever had your hands on. But what sort of things do you work with on folks and building out these playbooks and 
you know, just kind of give us some high level, you know, what do those look like? Yeah, for sure. So I just delivered uh, a project a couple of weeks ago that was so unique. It was for a fertilizer mm. company. So mm. a little bit out of, I would uh, probably for, for you and I, for your listeners, kind of out of the norm of what you would think of when you think of, of creating sales playbooks. Um, but what it did, Colin, was so deeply highlight for me how transferable sales skills are. Mm. and how transferable those sales fundamentals are. So when I'm I'm creating playbooks and when I'm helping teams refresh their sort of talk tracks, the way they think about communicating with clients, the way they handle objections, first and foremost, which I've already hinted at, is that the importance of that very buyer-centric approach. Like, would you, would you want to get this email? Because it's kind of shit. Maybe mm. we can just make it a little bit more relevant um, and, and make it about the buyer instead of a list of all the things about your company and your location. And so I think some of it's just that that simplicity of, of mindset shift and mm-hmm. how do we send emails and talk to our buyers in a way that they should care about um, or and even then, showing them that you care about them. 1000%. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Because there's still so many sales talk tracks and email and LinkedIn DMs that it's still all about the seller or the company or the product or the features or the benefits. And it's like, there's just less about, I like just, I like using super short copy that just poses a super simple question that shows like I'm actually curious about something and and kind of just getting straight to the point because I get tons of bad messaging sent to me all of the time. And I always appreciate it when somebody's just simple, curious, and straight to the point. And I've seen a lot of success with that. I reply to those types of messages. More people are starting to use that. I recently started experimenting with um, one word subject lines. I think I saw Jason Bay post something about that. Love Jason Bay. Um, and yeah, one word subject lines have been working really well with the outreach that I've been doing lately. So I'll give people two websites that they can use for free. One is called Subject Line Grader, which um, that one's Sales Hacker, um, which I'm like the biggest fan of Sales Hacker. Okay. Uh, and there's another one called cold email grade. Well, subject line grader is the one I use the most and it will grade your email on like eight different things to tell you how respondable it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to your point about one word subject lines right now, the best in class advice is two words or 20 characters. And I challenge your listeners to go back and look at the last 10 emails they sent and to Mm -hmm. see how many of them were two words or less or 20 characters uh, in the subject line. Yeah. In the subject line. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one that I use. I also will give a shout out to another free tool uh, called boomerang. I have a plugin for outlook and for Gmail and that tests respondability. And when you talk about just sending really punchy emails that presses you to say, all right, I have about four sentences to work with. How can I make sure it's personalized to the individual that it's relevant um, and that it's it's going to get the point uh, across. Um, so I, I work a lot in the playbooks with just kind of having that that buyer centric approach. And then I also work really hard to give people four, five, six different ways that they could respond to a question or an objection. 
and always work through like the logic behind answering so that they can find something that they feel really comfortable and confident with that does align to their sort of core values and their unique voice. So it's Mm. been even if it's a loud, even if it's a loud voice, even if it's loud. Yeah. Even if it's loud. I didn't know you were such a cold email geek. I am. I, I still, I mean, I, this might be an unpopular opinion in the, the new age of social selling and content market, which I, I do a ton of that as well, but I will never give up on cold emails and cold calls. No, 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 never. never. I, I cold I, it, called this morning. I, I cold called yesterday for about an hour. Uh, I enjoy cold calling as weird as that sounds. And I never used to consider myself a great copywriter, but I've recently gotten more into that, especially as short copy has become more yeah. popular. I'm like, I can do short copy. The, when 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 long co- longer form copy was kind of what people were doing and was working, uh, it was not for me because I don't consider myself a great writer. Um, uh, but the shortcut, like I can pique some interest or create some curiosity or pose some good questions, uh, in, you know, two to four sentences. That's, you know, and, and that's the stuff that's working right now. I don't know how long that will be the case. Um, but it is. And, um, and I have a lot of fun with it. Well, attention spans are diminishing, like exponentially diminishing. So I think it's a trend that's going to stick around for a while. And I certainly think it's a skill set that salespeople should to yeah. work on that, that your listeners are, are probably already working on. And it, I think writing short copy emails is a lot more fun yeah. because you have to challenge yourself in a much different way. How can I make the biggest impact and create the most exciting possible message when I only have three sentences to do it? So it, it keeps us on our toes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use, since we've made our way to this topic, we'll just spend a little bit of time here. Um, do you use video in your cold outreach? I don't. Well, yeah. now's the time to start. I don't. I like um, to use, I like to use video in the second touch. Yeah. I am very privileged in that I have SDR supporting me. Mm-hmm. So most of the cold outreach Full transparency is not done by me. I have like taken it upon myself to create and run my own sales loft campaigns because mm-hmm. I like being connected to that. And I create a lot of our, our cold copy. Like I create the, the cadences that are used. I'm just not the one sending them. Um, I've done video a little bit on LinkedIn. Yeah. But no, I mean, I feel like I get, I get an email from Drift like at least once a week asking me if I'm ready to ready to come on board. Yeah. Ready to to use it. I'm also right now selling to chief procurement officers. Uh And I, I think sometimes like the techniques that would work for me, like if you were a salesperson selling to another salesperson and you send me a video, Mm -hmm. you'd be like, awesome Colin. Like I'm going to, I'm going to reward you by responding just because I think this is a cool new creative technique. I've found in my experience that a lot of those techniques do not translate to like Fortune 500 C-suite. Mm, it comes off, would, it comes off be, cheesy if it's not done right. Yeah, I, I would challenge that a little bit. Okay, I would challenge me. that a little bit uh, because I think that they don't get 
as much of that sort of outreach or that personalization in a video. Uh, so it really breaks their day up. Like, wow, it stands out even more. Um, but it's got to be short. It's got to be properly executed. Yeah. There's got to be a, a level of personalization, not just personalized because you personalized to check a box, but like personalized in a way that's like tying into like why they should give a shit to talk to you. Yeah. Right. So it takes a, a, a level of skill and creativity um, that, that, that takes some time to, to master. Yeah. Not just personalized, but relevant. Yeah. Not just per, yeah personalized and relevant tied in together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, where there's a, there's a, there's a link and you can't always find that takes time to find, like, don't just assume they like a certain sports team or this or the cause or whatever, like tie in what you're personalized into what you do or why they should talk to you. Yeah. Josh, Josh Brown posted about that recently, that like, if all you're doing is sending somebody an email that says, hi, uh, hi, Colin. I have like, ugh, another meeting. Um, like, hi, Colin. I see that you also went to the University of Montana. Anyways, I sell a B2B SaaS platform. Like, you're you're probably hurting yourself more yeah. worse than if you didn't just send it an email. So I think that's a really important distinction is that it has to be personalized and relevant, and there has to to be a link yep. for the message um, for the message to translate. So you're telling me I shouldn't just start like sending random TikToks to CPOs, you know? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a terrible idea, but I wouldn't say it's a great idea. Maybe I'll uh, A-B test it and see what happens. Hey, crazier things have happened. It might just freaking work. You never right, know. Who knows? You never know. As long as you're being yourself and it could work. Um, but yeah, you know, the thing is, is I think that... Um, when you're now, if if you can't find a link to tie that personalization and relevancy together, like I'm totally okay with uh, using humor. Like I love using humor. So if you can use humor with the personalization just to catch their attention, and even like call that out, that can work too. I like that. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I got an email last week, and it it wasn't pertinent at all. It's not something that. I have any purchasing control over and it's not something my company would, would even buy. So a bit misaligned there, but the email was so original and it was so darn funny that I yeah. wrote back and was like, Hey, I'm not a DM on this. There isn't a DM here. Like don't waste your time, but I love your copy and I hope it's working for you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your, do you have like a top tip to, to, well, I have an example. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so we were reaching out to insurance companies, right? And we were looking for like a cheesy joke to use. Uh, and we came across some article or something that said uh, there used to be a department store called like JC Pennies. I don't think they, that, I'm pretty sure they don't exist today anymore, but they used to sell insurance inside of JC Pennies, which I thought was hilarious. So the opening line of the email was just like, Hey, we were looking for a cheesy joke to catch your attention and came across the fact that JC Penney's sold insurance. And it was like a <laughs> laughing face and it was enough to catch their attention to then get them to read the second line because they thought it was interesting and it was honest and, 
um, you know, it would it was better than just sending some sort of cheesy joke. Yeah. And so it, that first line caught their attention, and then it was a little bit of personalization and some relevancy, and it performed extremely well. I love that. I'm also pretty sure there still are JC Penney's. I think there's one in the town I grew up in. I don't know. I don't think if there's any left. I don't know if there's very many. Yeah, probably um, small and, town America, which is yeah, and maybe they still sell insurance. Oh, I don't know. Word. I don't know if you need insurance. Check find out a JC Penney. Uh, Leslie, this has been a ton of fun. Let's let's wrap things up here. Tell the sales hustlers where they can follow you, where they can learn more, all of that good stuff or any final thoughts you want to leave them with. Yeah, this was a treat. Thank you for, for having me. For anybody that wants to connect and continue the conversation, definitely find me on Sales Tips Talk. I feel like I bring um, a lot more of my authentic self to that channel, but I also spend too much time on LinkedIn. Uh, so send uh, send an invite to connect on LinkedIn. Mention that, uh, that you saw me chatting with Colin and I'll be happy to connect. Awesome. We'll drop the links there in the show notes, Sales Hustlers. If you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share the show with your friends, and we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.